If you know me at all, you know that death is my bread uh-huh. and danger my butter. Oh, no, danger is my bread and death is my butter. No, no, wait. Danger is my bread. Death, no, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my... Death and danger are my various breads and, and various butters. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, we're uh, we're on various breads and butters on uh, Lafayette College WJRH uh, 104.9. I'm Simon Tonev. With me, as always, Diamond Simon. Diamond Simon Tonev. With me, as always, is Ben Brickhouse Cohen. Our intrepid producer is Renan Sequitur Dinser, and uh, we have a guest in studio today. Can we bef- before that? Can yeah. We, can we note that it's episode fifty? It is episode fifty. No one thought we would make it. Is this, this many do you episodes. want me to do a sound effect here of like the 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 oh. horn or the the cheering. yeah 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 the wait do wait can can I can I do that do a sound effect here okay good oh. that 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 probably <laughs> I guess that probably worked I assume yeah but, it sounded great yeah I thought, I thought, I, it I thought well I thought that was great um, bicycle horn and or <laughs> auga <laughs> sound whatever that is okay I think this warrants an introduction now okay. Um, do you want to give a formal introduction, though? Oh, would you like me to? I, I absolutely would like yeah, to. Yeah, our, our guest is um, Julia Nicodemus, an assistant professor of engineering studies. She is my closest colleague on campus. Physically. Our, our offices are next to each other. They, they, they touch. Yeah, yeah, we're like office twins. <laughs> Julia is a PhD in mechanical engineering. She is. She also helps... I, I got in a... I was talking to someone the other day who claimed that their department was the most interdisciplinary on campus. And I thought, on the face of it, that can't be true. Because given that the two of us are 80% of the program, if you add up all our different degrees, I don't, I don't see how anybody could have that capacity. There's got to be some sort like of quotient. Like per capita. Yeah, some sort of quotient we can so cal- calculate. So, correct me if this is wrong. Uh, she has a, a a degree in physics from Grinnell College, another austere We're liberal arts college. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's in Grinnell, Sorry. Iowa. That's true, yeah. She has, uh, do you have a, a background, a minor other degree in, in gender and women's studies? I do. Yep. She was a, uh, she has a background in teaching as well and was a teacher in New York City. So I'm saying uh, the interdisciplinarity of your program is actually carried in large part by Julia. <laughs> and you, you don't and she really has a doctorate <laughs> in mechanical engineering. You don't contribute much to it. Usually people go the other way. Like you miss some then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, geez. I just like that most people will start with something like engineering or science and then work their way towards the humanities or social science when she did it did well she started in science and ended in engineering but i'm curious unusual. about the your sample size on that because i know you started engineering and worked towards something else yeah well most of the people in my program had, ah, had started okay. similarly um, so which one did we miss uh, well, I have a master's degree in science and technology policy oh my gosh that i knew that i also got the education thing as part of the so let's call that four to five different that's fields. A, that's areas. a lot. On her own, I think. Yeah. That would, on a per capita I basis, win. warrant yeah. that our program was the most interdisciplinary. Yeah, and 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 she's just dragging you along. Yeah, you, because I only have three, and she's got five oh degrees. Boy. Can you believe this, uh, Ronan? All these degrees they're talking about. I mean, that's kind of cool, but like you know. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that's <laughs> that's what I would say. What was that going to turn into? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, now, Julia, we have much to talk about. 
I think a good percentage of that will probably address or touch on this multiplicity of degrees and your astounding, maybe too much, uh, liberal arts experience. Definitely too much. I mean, you went to Grinnell, which is pretty highly regarded liberal arts college mm -hmm. in Iowa, for those who don't know. Does anybody not know? Yes. I, I think yes. people know. I, I said Grinnell, Iowa early in the show. I don't know if that got cut, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't say where in Iowa. You just know in Iowa. And yeah, that's true. I, I have no idea where in Iowa. I feel like it's close to the middle. I think that's that's the that's the safest bet for anything. It's just it's in the it middle. It is actually because it's closest right to everything else. Yeah. yeah. So and you're right. Here's a fast fact that uh, others have not believed me on. Okay. I'll, I'll pretend that it was a quiz, but you'll know the answer. Which state is bigger, Iowa or Pennsylvania? You know who doesn't know that answer? Me. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, so Renan, you just had your own quiz there. Good. Um, right. You gave us the answer. I also have no idea where I was. It's I mean, out there you, in the middle. You know, yes. it's in, you know it's in the United States, right? I know it's in the United States. I okay. know it's not, it's, not, it's not in Canada. It's in the contiguous United States. Contiguous United States. It's not Alaska. I know that. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I think that I'm going to say that, that Iowa is bigger than Pennsylvania only because everything as you move further west gets bigger. It does take a very long time to drive through Pennsylvania. It does. It does. So, so what is the answer? So Iowa is larger. Okay. I, but I was surprised to learn this because my, my mental image of the map, I know where Iowa is. Mm -hmm. Granted, it gets a little fuzzy past Iowa. I just know there's a lot of squarish, rectangular states. But I didn't imagine that Iowa was bigger than Pennsylvania. Now you know. Your logic is right, though, too. I mean, the eastern states, they, they seem to be large, but only relative, like, Vermont versus Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so big. Mm -hmm. And uh, you did graduate work in Minnesota. We're really covering my history here, man. Yeah. Right, Minneapolis. You got to yes. get it all out there. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, New York City. I mean, How that's what it? podcasting is yeah. all about. It is. Yeah, it's it's geography. I think this <laughs> is this is a geography podcast. We just use our guests to cover geography for Pretty much. sake. Pretty much. We, <laughs> don't, <laughs> we don't have a geography department. We need to teach this kid about geography. Uh, can you get course credit for listening to us? We are at a college. We are in the basement of a college building. Yeah, recording yeah. right now. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so that we should then, uh, therefore, do some lessons learned. So what are the lessons learned? Uh, somebody was talking about the difference between online reading and, he, as he referred to it, manuscript reading, like hardback, hardbound, like printed out copies. That's so interesting, manuscript reading. Yeah, this the person who was explaining this is actually a historian of reading in studies like 15th, 16th, 17th century, like when, the, when manuscripts were invented, that that was a thing. Uh -huh. You would bound books and people would read and write in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he was um, he was carrying together this long, like five hundred year of, uh, history of reading. The person was asking him, "Well, what about online reading? Is that really screwing everything up and changing it?" He said, "Well, you know, some things are different, but there's a lot of commonalities over this long span of modern reading." Um, but the the point he made that fascinated me is that, um, according to him, online reading online readers, uh, myself ourselves included, uh, are F shaped readers, by which he meant we read across the top line. And then we'll read across a line or somewhere down some, but then we tend to drift off just down the left side of the page. And the least read or the least comprehended part of a page online is the bottom right. Hmm. So they call that F-shaped reading. Interesting. Oh. And he said um, that web designers apparently know this or, or pick up on it. So they'll often design like the graphics either to disrupt that pattern so you can't do it or to accept that you do it and put more pictures or the less important things. In the bottom right. Now, if, if you edited this podcast so that we only came in the left ear, would people listen to us more? I think I think I'm trying I'm trying to um, extract something that will help us from that 
bit of knowledge. Oh, you're trying to learn? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, boy. Good luck. Okay, well, okay. They called it, have you heard of grasshopper reading? I've not. They use the phrase grasshopper reading, like we hop around a lot. So I think education, philosophy, education um, researchers. I think psycho- to talk about psychologists this. they they have eye tracking software where they can track your your pupil movements on a page. That's and right. That's they, how they got it. They probably they probably have like this F shape that they have. Yeah, I think that's the evidence. I think it might be. The, when, when I when I used to be involved in this type of stuff, it would be a camera on your pupils and it would track your pupil movement. So it was just the that tracking, and so it would. Uh, yeah, you could. I guess you could be reading anything. I think. I think the thing you're reading has to be sort of stationary, though, so that you know, yeah, you're not have, adding a variable. We have friends in Philly. Uh, their daughter doesn't have muscle control or muscle motion. She has mm-hmm. a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's very bright, and she has a, a a machine. It's called a Toby. I don't know if that's an acronym, but she reads with uh, turns pages and communicates by pointing to the screen with her eye and oh, yeah. selecting things. So if she stares at a certain part for you know two seconds, then that's like tapping it. So that seems to be developing pretty well. I know that was a side point. Yeah, but that's a good that's a good point. Far be it from us to digress. Don't. I'm going to ask my question, Julie. You've obviously obviously been listening to the first, I guess, 49 episodes. So you're actually 49 hasn't dropped yet as of this recording. Uh, I'm actually such a big fan that I've already listened to it. Okay, well there you go. Uh, You 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 got it bootlegged. (laughs) <laughs> um, Renan's been been working out the back of a van. If you had to say which of these days you prefer in the week, would it be Friday or Sunday? I think Sunday. You're a Sunday person. Ooh, we haven't had many Sunday people on the on the uh, program. No. So so you prefer sort of the day that you're not working to the day that you're anticipating not working. Then. Yeah. You like to live in the moment. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, I appreciate. I do that. like Friday too, though. Well, no, you can only pick one. Sunday. You can't like Good. two days in the same week. You can't like two days. That's, <laughs> that's too much. That's too much. Yeah. Uh, unlike you, Ben and I are filled with dread and, uh, and apprehension, uh, for it being a Sunday night as we're recording this. Yes. I think, and I'm filled with dread thinking ahead to the next week. Ben is filled with dread because the, the week has now passed and the week is over. So we feel, um, those, we feel our feelings for different reasons. <laughs> dread, dread either way. Dread. Yeah. Both dread. Definitely dread. Um, Dreadful. Yeah. Do you feel like the work week as a professor, uh, whether or not this bears on your answer about Sundays or the dread or lack of dread of Sundays, uh, is that different or stronger or weaker than um, teaching in a public school? By weaker, you mean more flexible? Yeah, like is it more intense when you know it's like oh, yeah. a, a full school day, Monday yeah. through Friday? Yeah, I would probably dread Sunday when I was a seventh grade math teacher. Yeah. Well, bury I the mean, lead. not dread Sunday, but I would prefer Friday. So I've so, so my my crack research team, i.e. me sitting at this table right now, has just discovered that you were a seventh grade math teacher at one point. I was. Where were you a seventh grade math teacher? At the bilingual center in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Oh, cool. And um and what uh I can't PS one eighty nine. PS one eighty nine. The, the fighting one eighty niners. Teaching seventh graders in Brooklyn is a little crazy. Just thing crazy people do. What part of Brooklyn? Uh, Brownsville mm. was sort of near Crown Heights. I don't. It's. I don't. I don't know any parts of Brooklyn <laughs> particularly. I think Red Hook is a thing. Um, yep, there's Red Hook. Mm-hmm. It's a similar demographic to Red Hook. There's okay. Prospect Park. Um, Park Slope. Yeah. Right beside it. Yeah, Fort, we, yeah Fort Park Green. Slope's very affluent. And that's yes. where. Um, that's where I was lucky enough to live, and I would 
get on, walk down the street, and I'd get on a bus, and I'd go by this private school where all the kids had their dyed hair and their mm-hmm. guitars and their self-expression and their uh, <laughs> uh, self-expression. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you never realize what a privilege it is until you go to the public school where they're all, you know, have to wear the uniform and they're... Were the, were uh, the uniform, uniforms at least artisanal? <laughs> or are they just regular <laughs> uniforms? <laughs> they're pretty regular. Hand-sewn. What, where was the teaching seventh graders math between you know, degrees two through five or whatever. What, right. Like, where where was that? It was a year after I graduated from Grinnell, where okay. I got my degree in physics. Okay. Um, I was living in New York, and I started the New York City Teaching Fellows Program. Oh, okay. So I ended up in a K through eight in Brooklyn, which was a neat school. They had um, they had Spanish and bilingual and Haitian Creole bilingual classes, okay. and then all the other the three mainstream classes at each grade level will either learning Spanish or French okay. all the way through their time. Anything crazy go down there? <laughs> well, my first year I had a, the worst in quotes, seventh grade class. No, um, that's probably not I good. I had zero. This was my first year. I had no classroom management skills. It was, you know, there were like six kids who really wanted to learn and they would like congregate in front of me and then there'd be chaos. Mm. Did you, times. did you watch welcome back Cotter for tips? <laughs> at all none maybe, maybe you should have maybe i mean he seemed to really reach those sweat hogs <laughs> but i think they were in the bronx so that might have been a whole different thing totally different. i would think no. that's different sorry well, my how was the morale of the other teachers there were some really passionate ones and some that like didn't bother to learn students names are there Jeez. students that you don't care to learn their names in college Mm, heavy hitter. <laughs> wow. Asking the questions that need to be asked for now. You really stepped it I up. I try very wow. hard to learn all my students' names. Well, that was a very politically correct answer. It's also true. I think it's true. Yeah. Did the, did the, did I, the, did I the do picture too. books help? Do you get, do you take, yeah, yeah. What, what are some of the strategies you, you, you use to learn kids' names in classes? <laughs> it's do you, very do you, hard. Do you, do you ask them like what their favorite color is? I don't, I don't know any of these things. I do, I do make a little note card. Mm-hmm. I ask them to make note cards and I was just going to say fun that fact on there and their major and whatever. And then I have that as something that can, I can try and use to connect to their face for a while. I was just going to say that, you know, I was going to say I fill out numerous cards over my life, over my life as a student. Yeah. I feel, I kind of, I feel bad where I'll sometimes observe and wonder and ask the students why they choose to sit in the same seats every time after having lived a life of being forced to have assigned seats, then you have the freedom to sit wherever you want. I think it's a, a like um, agreement in the community and the classroom saying like, I'm not going to change my seat so that, you know, you can keep your seat as well so that it's all stable. It's yeah. like, you know, like you're driving and then like you don't need to change lanes all the time, you know, like. Stay in your own lane. Just stay in your lane, and everything's will be fine. And well, then, like, you'll I, change mm-hmm. if there's a problem. Like, you can't. Yeah, I do see like the those. Board. I, I like those those well agreed upon social conventions. I was driving on the highway today, and I felt so good because we did that thing where I could see there was a 18 wheeler that wanted to merge into the left lane, and yeah. I was behind. So I saw that this was happening, and I gave him a little light flick so he yeah. could go. Oh yeah. And you love, I love it when they turn in and they, they turn their light on and off to thank you. Oh, but I, but, but I, I think I hate it just as much when, when they don't do that, when they don't give you the wave or anything. Right. You know, How hard is it not to give someone a wave? So to finish like 10 miles down the road, I was yeah. like, I'm feeling good. What a great day. That guy, yeah. he, he flipped the light and it worked. Like the whole social convention worked. And I did it again. The guy gave me nothing. Ugh. So I was up and I was down and now here we are. And so the up and down too of, 
instead of uh, begrudging or bemoaning that the students sit in the same seats, it actually it helps me because I I somewhat count on them sitting in the same seats, and I'll I'll remember their names because I identify them from a certain space in the class. Mm-hmm. How big was your seventh grade class? They tended to be thirty plus. Wow. Yeah, that's big. It is big. That is large. Yeah, I'm Facebook friends with some of them now. No way. Yeah. Mm. Now, uh, can I ask about Cornell? Do you- is it okay? Can I? I'll ask in Simon if it's okay. Yes, you can ask about Grinnell at this point. So how's Grinnell? <laughs> How is it now? I just was using our last time on the last episode. We practiced our interview question. Oh yeah, style. yeah, yeah. Oh no, wait, let me do it again. Okay, uh, Julie, you say, yeah, oh yeah, I went to Grinnell. Say that. Oh yeah, yeah, I went to Grinnell. Tell me about that. It was really. How was was that right? Great. That was good. That yeah. was good. It actually didn't land as solidly as I thought it would. It's, it's sort vague. of flooded. Yeah. Le- leaves the answerer sort of lost. Well, I was told you there. don't want to do a yes/no question. That's true. Is Grinnell in Iowa? <laughs> it is. Well, then we're done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, that's good radio. <laughs> Isn't Grinnell known for being a bit more progressive? Yeah. Is that how you found it? Did you want a yeah, progressive was, school? Yeah, absolutely. Like that? Yeah. There, I had a book. I had a lot of books, but I had this book that had lists, lots and lots of lists of the colleges, like best for fraternity scene oh. or, you know, most progressive. And Grinnell was on all the lists I wanted it to be on. You I like, wanted my college to be on. You like the fraternity the scene? Yeah, what, what fraternity did you rush <laughs> at Grinnell? So what kind of stuff happens at Grinnell? What, I mean, uh, if it has a reputation for being progressive. It's small. You're saying like yeah. 1,200 students. It's in the middle of Iowa. It just seems like it's a that would be a recipe for interesting dynamics or interesting sure, people. Sure, sure. Lots of streaking. Corn alcohol? <laughs> Not so much. Hmm. There were annual dance parties. I mean, there were parties every weekend. And unlike Lafayette, everyone sort of was invited to all the parties. And the parties were in places big enough to host hold, you know, hundreds of people. What is but, your impression of Lafayette parties? Can you describe a typical well, party I, scene in Lafayette prob- College? <laughs> I don't really know, but I know that there's not a big, like, concert hall type space where you could just all get together and Golden, or even Golden like Chapel. 500 of you. <laughs> so, so Grinnell has a, a space that's basically a big, I don't know, like a big gymnasium except without the basketball hoops. And it's got some, a stage and it's a big empty space and there's a uh, some bleachers that you can pull out if you want to like have more of a concert on the stage or otherwise it's a big dance space. I think that's different from Lafayette. What, what type like of dance? Big... Uh, there were, so that's like what I was going to tell you about. There Did you were... waltz? Actually, yes. Yeah, there were <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> Spring and winter waltz. Those, wow. were, those were the big, big so dances. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cute. Oh. Um, but also Mary B. James, which was a drag ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like a disco and a, now I guess they have a 90s themed party. Wouldn't the stereotype of Iowa <laughs> lend you to think there'd be a lot of square dancing? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of square dancing. That's uh, your that stereotype. Maybe, uh, Go square dancers. Do you have a, is a, <laughs> <laughs> the fight in square dancers? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think Grinnellians tend to be pretty um, awkward, socially awkward types. And so they get there and they're like, I found my people mm-hmm. and I'm not the weird one you know there's someone even weirder than me now have you been have you been back to grinnell i have many times or i I went to both my reunions and i I think i went back one that fall i feel like that uh, that that moment made our listeners calculate how old julie is 
She had two reunions. So that means ten. She had, she had her paper twenty-two, thirty-two. <laughs> She's between thirty-two and thirty. Uh, what six? Well, you're like Rain Man out there. You know, <laughs> math. Do you think that's what listeners do? Yeah, well, uh, that, that, that's what do. I do when there's like you know a a you know certain evidence. All right, Julia, you are too liberal arts. So you are the best prepared, although all three of you can play, to answer if these are real liberal arts colleges or not. All right. So the quiz this week, real or not, the following liberal arts colleges. And um, I'm hoping that a pattern doesn't emerge. Yeah. And, and do take, the, take the street you lived on. That's, that's blue material, Renan. We're not doing that in this family show. He was Whatever referring to the light-hearted NPR name game oh, generator. Oh, that one. And his heard, favorite cheese shop. I've already forgotten that show. All right. Real or not, the following liberal arts colleges. First, Purchase College. Real. Real. Um, it's real. It's real. So we agree that Purchase College is real. I don't know if you're going to get this, but number two, Steel College. How, do you, how are you spelling that? Uh, as in theft. Mm. <laughs> and they're probably rival. If, if they exist, they'd be rivals of purchase. Yes, <laughs> they'd be lifelong enemies. Wouldn't well, wouldn't like return be the rivals of purchase? Um, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say as well. All right, you guys are two for two. Uh, Whoa, that's so good. This isn't a very challenging quiz. It's not. <laughs> Life University. Oh, lifelong learning. Life University. L I F E. I'm going to say no, unless it's like, is this a for profit? I say, mm. no, I say no. I'm not sure. It's yes. That exists. Life University. Where is it? I don't know. This is why we need an intern, Renan. <laughs> we uh, should definitely get it. Next one. Carl Malden College. Exists. The fighting noses. <laughs> um, I'm going to say <laughs> no. They, that doesn't exist. He was a fine actor. I know. Sometimes it's not fair. I'm just toying with Renan for mm, old yep. cultural references. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. But the next one, Talladega College. There is a Talladega Tech. Maybe. I'll say yeah. Um, I don't, I think it exists. Renan? No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rust College. R U S T? R U S T. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Yes. How were you so sure? I don't know. Cause it, it, uh, I, th- I think I'm, I think I'm getting your pattern of stuff. <laughs> I'm going to skip this one. College of Aloe and Vera. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't skip it. That was my favorite one. That's a good one. It's just outside of Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Uh, longer University. Shorter University exists, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know Shorter University? I don't know. There's so many out there. That's next on the list, Shorter University. Oh, sorry about that. I ruined the joke. <laughs> it's all right. The next joke is backwards, too. East-West University. I think I think that is a thing. Yeah. What about North South University? No. Why would not. you be so sure about East West but not North South? I mean, the United I States is sort of, of a is sort of more wide than it is tall. Do you know where East West University is? I guess in the middle of the United States. It's in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it's about the middle. It's pretty good. It's about a third. Yeah, it's, it's not like eighteen seventy here. That's no longer in the middle. Oh yeah, you know what? I was thinking the eighteen seventy <laughs> maps. That's what I usually do. How about Hendricks College? Uh, with an X or CKS? With an X. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about Joplin College? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes because I I I think you thought of that as a joke, but I think it might exist. Nope. What about Jim Morrison College? <laughs> no. 
I should have let you fill in that one. <laughs> no Elvis College. <laughs> How about Point University? Point University. Uh, I, I'm gonna I say, think it I'm, exists. I'm going to say yes. What? Oh, my God. You, you should be in studio now, listeners. Ben, ben is just killing himself with laughter. No, Point University, and then I had Sit and Fetch University. <laughs> That's pretty funny, but I'm going to say no. I, I'm surprised we didn't have Ileana Douglas College. That's usually one of your one of your go tos. I do like Ileana Douglas. Ioni Sky. <laughs> Ioni Sky College. Yeah. Sit and Fetch College. That's the best college. You guys are <laughs> Sit and Fetch University. Oh, sorry. It has <laughs> a master's program. Yeah, nursing or something like that, right? I think I remember that. So. Back on track. Yes. Uh, on my tour of Julia's education. Mm-hmm. Now we have to get to Minnesota, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. because I want to know how you rank the uh, all the best Minneapolis musicians bands, and those would include uh, Prince. Yeah, of course. Fill them in for me here. Husker oh Deal. yeah, uh, Phil Collins. <laughs> no, he's he's from England. I get those mixed up. Uh, Prince Husker Du. Yeah. The replacements. Uh. Uh, the uh, wasn't Laverne and Shirley filled there? That's Milwaukee. Um, no, the that's Milwaukee, and they're not a band. They're not. Yeah, they're a show no. from the nineteen seventies. Um, Soul Asylum. Did we say Prince yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we said Prince. Um, Bob Dylan spent some time there. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> that's a place. Not a band. Uh, uh, how about Morris Day in the time? Oh yeah, he was an offshoot of Prince. From Minneapolis. I mean, there was he was their backup band. Ooh wee ooh wee ooh. Um, <laughs> Mall of America. I'm sure they've been there. I'm sure all these bands the have been there. Sure. <laughs> Prince playing the Mall of America. I would think so. That yeah. that seems like a good gig. How would you rank all these uh, Minneapolis bands? Does Prince go on top? Well, does Bob Dylan count? Because yeah, Bob that's Dylan t- counts, and I'm gonna have to put him on top. Right. That would be a hard argument. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I don't, don't know. know. Prince is pretty fun. I don't he think Bob Dylan can count as Minneapolis, even though he's from Minnesota. Positively, Fourth Street was about Fourth Street near the University of Minnesota in Dinkytown. It's not a very complimentary song. Oh, okay. So should that put him in the category or out? Well, I don't know. Well, I'm going to put Atmosphere. Atmosphere is a you know Atmosphere. So he's heard, a hip hop artist. Right? I don't think I could. I couldn't sing an atmosphere song. No. Yeah, I think he's just a him. Yeah. I, I feel like at this point, our listeners have um, a very confused, you know, <laughs> picture of your uh, personality because you like hip hop. You also like Bob Dylan. And waltzing. And waltzing. And waltzing. Mm-hmm. Well, they shouldn't because we started this conversation with how amazingly For multidisciplinary Ron. we are. That's true. That's actually when program. Simon and I were talking for our 50th episode, we wanted mm-hmm. someone who had as much variety. You were as various as the breads and butters mm-hmm. on yes. this podcast. Yeah. Yes. And you're really seeing the deal here. <laughs> you are. Now, um, you are very into bicycles. Is that I right? Yeah, okay. Now, you don't just like buy like a Schwinn. No. Like, you'll buy, like, specialized... Does like, your bike have a bikes. basket? Well, I have four bicycles. Okay. Now, 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 what... Actually, none of them have baskets. For a bike aficionados, what what uh, what brands of bike do you have? Not that that matters. No. Okay. Um, well, the only one that's new, that was purchased new, is a Surly. Okay. 
Um, and that's a good one. It's a good, it's a good one. Surly makes odd, oddball bikes and they're from Minnesota. There you go. Bikes are made elsewhere, but do any of these baskets and paneers and whatever. Do any of the four of them have those huge honking tires that I've seen? No, no tires. What's, what's the point of that? Is that what, what's the advantage? What does that help with? They're great in winter, which is, I think, why Surly was making them on dirt. Minnesota. Um, a lot of winter there. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Good so answer. they've got, yeah, contraction. Now, now, when you it? ride your bike. Can we get the other three bike names? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. And poss- probably the most special Alpha, is Alpha Romeo. A Bridgestone X01 Bridgestone. That's um, like a tire. Yeah. And they made bicycles for a while and they had no this guy, Grant Peterson, who designed bikes for them in the 80s and 90s, I think. And for two years, they made the X01, which is like a touring bike mm-hmm. that, um, or, or a hybrid bike, but a totally different version of hybrid than, and then the other two are old. One is just an old Schwinn that I put, uh, internally geared hub wheel on and it's a very odd, looks like a Franken bike, but, mm-hmm. but internally geared hubs are nice for winter and for commuting because there's not as many chains moving around. Mm-hmm. Mechanical engineering there. Yes. Right there. And then a single speed, which was also made by Bridgestone, and it's a Kabuki Submariner that's made out of stainless steel. Wow! So, so it's is shiny. It, now, do you have any bikes with the enormous wheel in the front and the very small wheel in the back, <laughs> like the old timey bikes? I think that I don't. I think don't think that would be practical I at keep all. Keep checking Craigslist. You should look penny for those. A penny farthing. Yeah, is that what they're called? <laughs> that was one kind. Okay, there you go. When you're riding your bike, do you are do you wear the whole getup with the sp- sponsored I stuff on the going. front and the back? No, because I see now whenever I'm taking a drive on a Sunday, um, I'm not a bicyclist myself, but when I'm taking a Sunday drive, everybody is now wearing the yellow, like Tour de France, like type of. And uh, are you okay with that? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I get, I get wearing it for comfort. I understand, you know, being on a bike, taking a long ride, you need to be comfortable, but no one's, no one's actually sponsoring you at this point. I don't think. Uh, and you know, we're, you're not fooling me into thinking that you went way off course on the Tour de France. I mean, I think that, uh, I, you know. Julia is the one to ask because she has biking cred. Yeah. I think what Simon's getting at mm-hmm. is, are we okay with this? Is this, is this an acceptable social practice? Yeah. Good question. I, I have mixed feelings, honestly. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I I basically, I think bikes are awesome and however people want to ride their bicycles is great. For me, not, it's not, what gets me excited about bikes is using them to get places that I want to go or just going for a ride that's comfortable and fun. And I'm like looking at the river and whatever. It's not for me about the sport, Mm -hmm. but you know, I gotta say, if people are having fun with the sport, then then let them let them sponsor themselves. Pretend that they're sponsored by someone. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, here. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't intend to, or I don't want to walk you down a road where you feel you have to judge these people. That's more for Simon and I to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But um, I, I do. I still feel like there has to be a part of it that's unnecessary that makes me feel as a viewer of these bikers Mm -hmm. that um they're. They're overdoing it or they're, they have misplaced enthusiasm or is that, do you really need that? Like, what are you doing here? The padded shorts are pretty nice for long rides. Yeah. I can imagine yeah, that. Yeah. I think we'll allow that. We'll allow that, we'll, but okay. not, but you know, don't have a number on your jersey if you're not actually in a race. I mean, those numbers are there for a reason. 
maybe they're just thinking, I've already gone this far. Yeah. I'm on a long bike ride. I've got padded shorts, which is, uh, I think it would be hard to argue that that's not a good idea if you're on a wrong, long bike ride. Mm-hmm. I've already got pockets in the back because it's good to have pockets. Mm-hmm. I already have a bright colored shirt because I want to, so I might as well put numbers on it. You're like 80% of the way there. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, sure. Maybe you'll put your favorite number. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not as against <laughs> as I thought I would. I, I'm glad we had the chance to talk it out, guys. Well, uh, we should thank our guests for being here, Julie Nicodemus. Thank you. So, listeners can contact us, as always, by emailing to variousbreadsandbutters at gmail.com or tweeting us at some later date. Okay. Well, I think, uh, I think we're good. Uh, yeah, I think that's all. Okay. Headphones off. Headphones off. Smart went crazy, truth went trendy The story got lazy, so I rewrote the ending Manipulated the entry, more user-friendly Now a city full of pain pills and tattoos defend me I waver from the dead to the half-dead Gray space between fan base and the crackhead Sunset sailboat set course for hell A cross and a hammer, but you'll have to get